I went to get the thick oak bin before I started, and poof, the forum's telling me that it's down. Error. I'm like, what error? So I go out, I go back in, and it's still got an error. So I tell Ryan, Ryan, the forum doesn't work. I'm podcasting. Deal with it. He says, it works fine for me. I'm like, ugh. So I go out of the forum completely, go back in, and it works just fine. I'm like, well, that's better than me having to deal with this silly thing. Yeah. Because I don't have the codes anymore. Mm. I used to have them saved on the old computer, but I don't have them saved anymore. I have to say that Gen 2's husband is an amazing photographer. Oh, really? He takes pictures of birds, and they're just I, he must have a huge camera, huge lens, and he's just, uh, they're amazing. Probably gets them all mid-flights and stuff off. He's got a whole series of snowy owls, and he actually, or of, of a snowy owl, and he actually has the snowy owl puking out an owl pellet. <gasps> oh my. Yeah. I mean, he is, so the, the latest one is a great horned owl. The first two pictures are of a mink. I would not have known what a mink was. It's a little rodent animal or a little. Yeah. I mean, I like a ferret. Right. And I mean, I I know intellectually what a mink is, but I've never actually seen a mink before. Well, I don't know if we're going to get Scarlet or not. And I left my phone. I should have grabbed my phone. I might have her phone number. Do you have Scarlet's digits? May I have them? In so many ways, you, you type on the keyboard, it sounds like someone's chomping. Well, and it doesn't help that I'm chewing on <clears throat> cough drops. Oh, man. I brought the tea over. I have fig leaf tea. Hi, pretty girl. Yeah, Fleury's now decides she needs to have acne. Acne? Yeah, she has kitty acne. Mine decided he needed to come and lay with me while he was sopping wet this morning. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, because I saw something on her, like, lip, and I'm like, I'm looking at her like, oh, my God, it looks horrible. And then I did a little research, and I'm like, oh, it was like a zit. (laughs) And then I started looking at her chin, and, yeah, she has, like, all the black stuff. I mean, it's not bad. It's not really irritating her except for that one. And I was like, okay, if it's still there in a week, I'm going to take her to the doctor, but it's going away already. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but she has kitty acne. (laughs) But at least you got her... Got her fixed. It's all gone. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, it says there's really nothing to do unless it's, like, really, like, not infested, but really bad. Then you take it to the doctor, and they can do some ointment, like, there's mm-hmm. special ointment. But it's not really <laughs> bad. So I changed her. Um, kidney ac- I got her acne cream? <laughs> yeah, kidney acne cream. <laughs> but I changed her bowl. It says that really put a ceramic bowl, but I got another little plastic bowl. But I'm just going to try to wash it more often. Mm-hmm kind of thing see how that goes and then maybe it said use epsom salt to wash her chin so i might try that huh. i don't know if she'll like me to do that but probably not i saw a thing on facebook about all these different reasons that you should bathe your kitty and i thought oh yeah i would take my life into my own hands yeah i got her i got her groomed once and they bathed her and she was really fun. tell you the truth what was the funniest thing was is she um when i went to get her they were brushing her i never seen her so relaxed in my huh. life. I mean, she was like, she, I looked at them. I'm like, they're like, oh, you got to bring her back. She was like, she she loved it. She loved the pampering or something because she was like, 
she was like a slug. I mean, they could manipulate her, and she was just laying there like, wow. <laughs> she was quite funny. I just laughed at her. I'm like, did you drug her? And they're like, no. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> I swear you drugged her. My uh, friend said that she's found a way that cats just love it. She she pets them, mm-hmm. and she goes from neck to tail, neck to tail, like three times. And then on the last time, she grabs their tail and lifts them into the air, and it like cracks their back. Pop, 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 pop. It's like <gasps> a chiropractor thing. She said they adore it. I said I would be oh, terrified oh. of hurting them. Oh, I don't think I can do that. No, I couldn't do it. I could let her. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching her do it to my cat, but I wouldn't. I would be a terrified. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, my cat's so docile half the time. The only time she gets really, really crazy is when I take her to the vet and she turns into Psycho Kitty. <laughs> Mine turns like into a- drool. Yeah, mine turns into Psycho Kitty. I mean, she hides from them. And then, then like, honestly, I mean, I've heard cats. Uh, I'm like, never in my life until I take her to the vet. And that's when I hear Psycho Kitty comes out. I mean, they, they wrote her up because she was so, she was so much of Psycho Kitty. Wow. That's they're funny. Like, oh, they're like, oh, she does I mean, she didn't want, she didn't want to be handled by them. Like, she's like, I'm like, growling and everything. And then she really tried to attack the one vet. I mean, the teeth came out and everything. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm like, this is not my cat, honestly. Yeah. And then they don't believe you because it's like, (laughs) yeah, right, sure. I mean, we manhandle Flurry. I mean, she, I mean, we. Oh, you guys use her as a football. I know. I know. I mean, we do. We manhandle her. I mean, she takes a lot of abuse from us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, so she's pretty darn docile. <laughs> but I was just like, wow. I couldn't pull I couldn't pull I'm never, like, I mean, or sat there and squirted her to death and with the with the water pistol and, and stuff. So. <laughs> I remember that, too. She, well, she's been abused. She's been abused, but she's been loved, too. Oh, yeah. She's too loved. I tell her that all the time. She's just been too loved. About my alpacas this morning? What happened to your alpacas? I didn't get the... So, Mom was out in the barn for some reason, and she heard this... Sound coming from the alpaca pen, and she's like, that is weird. So, she went to see what was wrong, and a squirrel had cornered it in in the pen... And it was freaking out because there was a squirrel in there with it. And it was just terrified. And it was just like, Whoa. <coughs> All he has to so do is step on it. I know. All he has to do is spit at it. They're good at spitting. They spit at each other all the time. They're terrible. But I just thought that was hysterical. But he was cornered by a squirrel. I will admit, if it's the same one that's been around my feeders the last few days, it's a big squirrel. But, you know, his foot's as big as that squirrel, so it's not like he should be terrified of it. Yeah. It's just silly. Yeah, Flurry likes squirrels, too. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen Mr. Squirrel in a while. No? No. I think ever since Ulrich shot it with the airsoft, I don't know if he's come back. Well, probably not. We've got to give her another minute, and then we'll start. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I I haven't even finished three. I don't know if, me, I well, mean. Do you want to post it my... for, for Friday because and we can, we'll Friday's do it Friday fun. with Scott? Yeah, we can do it Friday <coughs> with Scott. I mean, 
I'll probably, now that I got myself into it, I'll probably be reading it like crazy. Okay, so let me tell you that we're only going through book one on the podcast. Oh, there's more books. Well, it's all continuous. So we're only going to go through chapter 45, and he's already up to chapter 75. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's so really, don't oh, don't look well, at it and panic because we're not doing <laughs> seventy five chapters. Chapters. Okay, I'm kind of glad you did. I'm kind of glad you warned me. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at it, going, "Wait a minute! I don't remember it being seventy five chapters." So I went back and looked, and we're only scheduled to go through forty five. So let's see if I go to forty six. All right, wait. First of all, let's quit recording. That's right, folks. We attempted to record it. One night, and we didn't have enough people, so that was what we had started, and now, here we go with the real recording. Sorry about that, Tease. Hi, Scarlett. How are you? Hello. Hello, hello. Hi, Trisha. What am I doing? I'm pretty good. I approve of Peggy Carter, by the way. Yes! Peggy <laughs> Carter is awesome! I'm afraid to ask. It's her, um, That's Scarlett's icon at the moment, is um, Peggy Carter from uh, Agent Carter. Got it. Oh, yeah. She also I looks to... kind of like Carmen Sandiego, but, you know. Yeah, she kind of does that red hat. <laughs> that red hat is just awesome, though. My friend wanted to be her for, um, they do like an Oscar party at their church, and they do these awards, and it was going to, the theme this year was heroes, and she wanted to go as her, but she couldn't get the outfit. So she went as Katniss uh -huh. instead. Oh, that works. That's a good option. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Is Trisha very quiet for everyone else, or is it just me? Oh, Trisha's always quiet. Yes, I am. How about that? That's better. That better. Better. Yeah. Okay, my lips are right up against the damn mic. All right, kiss that yeah. mic. Oh, it is unseasonably warm today. I have snow. <laughs> it was sixty-seven. Yeah, it's like thirty-two. I'm sweaty and gross. Yeah, as I'm editing this. It's been 91 degrees. I'd give anything for the 67. Wow. What a difference a little perspective in time makes. I've it's raining it on us. I have no idea what the temperature is, but it was damp on the way home. Yeah, it was just... I cannot stay for very long. I can only stay to 10 o'clock my time. I okay. have a race that I have to be at. I Early. Like, yeah. Well, Scarlett can't stay very long either, so maybe we should just start. That sounds okay. like a plan. All right, let me get us back to here. Oh, yes, I see Agent Carter now. <laughs> and get us on the fic, and we are recording Skype record. All right, we're good to go. I just ate dinner, so I may be coughing. Yeah, me too. I have lots of cough drops here. I actually sort of halfway spit up on the computer when I brought it over here tonight. Oh, my God. More information than you wanted, I'm sure, but I'm just like... Hey, vomit! Hey, yeah, vomit, Trish, I vomited just for you! <laughs> oh, good. Goodness. <clears throat> Nasty. Mom just stuck her head in and said, Did you feed the dog? I said, uh, no, sorry. Forgot that one. Aw, poor bunny. Yeah, it's only an hour late. It's what time she ate yesterday, too. Because we were out working in the garden. I actually got sunburnt yesterday. Yeah. Because it was so nice. Oh, hey. I just went to chapter one. Trisha just sent me a Facebook message. Yeah, I was getting a shower. Ah, I'm here now, so okay. don't worry. <laughs> just came up in my feed. I'm like, what? Alrighty, let's see. 
Deep breath. What am I doing? Not conquering the world. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a little too late to do that in the day. Oh, well, yeah. no fun. Somebody else want to start us? Yeah, sure. Why not? Go ahead. For Friday, August 28th, this is episode 217 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Very awesome fun. Very awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep. Our adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. Not your best trousers. Straight with you. Ha, Uber evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same snake time, same snake channel. It's all snake time, 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 Trisha. Of course, she's. I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Holy oh, nice. shit! It's so yes, Scott. They're there to talk about the sector. They're gonna worry about homework oh, later. Duke. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snow gags. Awkward. I'm so good at nightmares. <laughs> you always laugh before the end. Think weekly, where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Potterpick Weekly, everyone. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And I'm Scarlett. And today we are starting The Accidental Anime Just by White Squirrel, which is available on fanfiction.net. And we're starting with chapter one. Yay! That's a good place to start. I just noticed I'm the only T. You're the only T? Yeah. Yes. The only T. Mm -hmm. Scott, Scarlet, and Sue. Mm hmm. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Well, I'm the only Ravenclaw in the line. Conceivably be a K, too, so, you know. (laughs) Scarlet's got. Scarlet, well, but see, if you look at Scarlet, Trisha, and Scott, I'll have T's in their names. Hmm, that is true. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. It makes me cough. It's a terrible thing. Oh, dear. <laughs> You're in the well, wrong <laughs> Speaking of terrible things, we begin the fic with uh, Vernon being particularly terrible. <gasps> He's he a is. nasty, nasty man. He is. Mm-hmm. He's got poor Harry held up with one hand uh, against the wall. Smacking him across the face with the other. I will not have any of your freakishness in my house, boy. He bellows. Mm-hmm. And we find out that this is the incident briefly referenced in canon where he turned his teacher's wig blue. Mm-hmm. Or possibly her actual hair. I'm not sure. But yeah. in this case, Vernon reacts a little more strongly than canon Vernon did. And so does this Harry. That evening was the first time his uncle had hit him himself instead of having Dudley do it. He'd always just, you know, told Dudley that he could beat up on him and stamp that freakishness out. But then a week later, when Harry still has bruises, something else unexplainable happens. And he unlocked his cupboard accidentally. And 
And it flew open. It did. You're not to let yourself out. And he starts to cry. And, of course, Vernon gives him that great line that some parents use. Don't cry at me, boy, or I'll give you something to cry about. Mm, I've done uh-huh. that before. Mm, I've had it done to me before. And Harry's just getting more and more upset. And being a young wizard, his accidental magic is starting to um, cause some interesting environmental effects. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, Rattling lights and uh, flickering and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, every and light eventually, bulb in the house explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't have a lot of light bulbs. And every door in the house slams open, and all three Dursleys are thrown across the room and land in a heap. And when they get up, no Harry. Mm-hmm. And Vernon runs out looking for him and can't find him. Good. And worst of all, all the neighbors are watching because there was a minor earthquake, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't notice this small black cat sitting in the bushes by the door. A cat with white feet, and piercing green eyes, and a strange white zigzag mark on his head. They aren't very fussed about the fact that the little freak ran away. You know, we'll find him. I'll fix the lights tomorrow. And they close the house and eat by candlelight and... Hope that How romantic. Yeah, hope that troubles her Especially over. Deadly. But the Ministry of Magic Obliviators have shown up to obliviate them because there was magic. And how do they not know that Harry's here? I mean, somebody in the ministry should know that Harry is supposed to be they here. Always, I, that was something I was wondering. I thought they always knew he was there. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah. And they're they, going by at this point that they didn't know he was there until he showed up at Hogwarts, and that's why he got you know letters and such after that. But maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the ministry got it from Harry's file at school. I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, well, the thing is too. If you think of um, what's this um, riddle when he when he was younger, he did he was able to talk to things. He did things to. Make make animals do what he wanted. He he was doing magic already, right? And he never got a letter or something like that. So it it might be because when he gets a wand, you're able to trace it or something. Yeah, but they, it, it seems like they thing. it seems like they sh- they can trace some accidental magic. But that's true. Maybe they just. But anyhow, they show up. They don't find Harry. They only notice the one boy's bedroom because. They didn't bother to look un- in the cupboard under the stairs, but uh, you know, why would anybody? Why would, why would they? Right. And so they fix all the damage and cast a warming charm on the food right before they obliviate them and leave. And then uh, a few minutes later, Albus Dumbledore shows up. Because he knew there was something going on where Harry lives, and he knows Harry lives here. Yep. <laughs> and he knows Harry isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's like, what are you doing here? And he says, it's a pleasure to see you too, Petunia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he wants to know where Harry is. Cause he ha- he's looking around and not seeing a sign <laughs> of him. And at first, Vernon goes with the, um, the memory charm and goes, well, he's r- around somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then he realizes that he can't say he's in his cupboard. Uh, and yeah. he just... For some reason, there there's a little piece of his mind that realizes that's not true. And he says, well, he ran away and took off down the street. And now, well, someone else can bother with him. Mm-hmm. We don't really care. Yeah. 
And so Dumbledore decides, obviously, this must be an attack by dark wizards because they've been obliviated and they don't care that Harry's gone. Um, so therefore he re-obliviates them and says they're very concerned that their nephew has run away. Right. <laughs> you will contact the authorities immediately. And it's reminding me of the um, neuralizers in Men in Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yes, your husband left. Actually, no, you kicked him out. And uh, by the way, you should go and uh, buy some buy new stuff for the house because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, let me buy it. Yeah. Tap on it. All right, Beatrice. There was no alien. Flash of light you saw in the sky was not a UFO. Well, wait, wait a minute. So you just flash that thing, it erases our memory, and you, you just make up a new one? Standard issue neurologic. And that weak story is the best you can come up with. In fact, you know what? You kicked him out. And now that he's gone, you're going to go in town, you go to Bloomingdale's, you find yourself some nice dresses, get yourself some shoes, you know, find somewhere, maybe you get a facial. So Dumbledore goes back to Hogwarts, and he summons Minerva, and she comes in and says, What's wrong? You said it was urgent. And he says, Oh, something terrible has happened. This reminds me of my final story that I do about the chocolate chip ghost because it's always something terrible that happens. But he tells her that he thinks Harry Potter's been taken. And she's like, what do you mean taken? And he says, well, he dropped off my trackers and, and entirely they say that he's still alive, but I can't find him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, and that means he must be behind some very powerful wards mm-hmm. and nobody's bothered to tell me, so... Yes, because when we kidnap Harry Potter, the boy who lived, we're going to put out an advertisement saying, I've taken him, and he's behind Ward, so you can't get to him. Yeah, that's it. Well, they're going by, you know, if uh, Remus decided to take him, he'd probably let Dumbledore know or something like that. So if nobody's let Dumbledore know, something nefarious must be going on. Must Uh, be the bad guys. (laughs) And she's like, well, we have to find him. And he's like, yes, I know, but I don't know how, and we need to be very discreet. We can't panic anybody or tip our mm-hmm. hand. And, you know, he says it's whoever took him didn't breach the blood wards, so they so didn't they must mean, not him mean him harm. Yeah. And so we're just going to have to keep looking. And so she says she'll use whatever time she can spare. And then we hop to poor Harry, who's wandering around the streets of Little Winding, confused because he got away from his relatives, but he doesn't know how. And he's got fur and a tail, but he doesn't know what he is. And he finally sees his reflection in a car hubcap, and he figures out that he's a cat. And he doesn't know how he turned into a cat or how to change back. But it must have something to do with the freakishness, you know, that his uncle's always shouting about. So he's just kind of wandering around. It says that he must have been a very strange-looking cat because he was wandering back and forth across the yards, stopping every few steps and looking around and turning around and moving back. And you know, mm-hmm. By now he's completely lost. Because he can see and hear and smell all sorts of things that he couldn't normally, so he's mm-hmm. having to kind of get used to it. Yeah. And it's also weird that he can't see the color red anymore. So he gets thirsty and he, he finds... Some ponds and pools and fountains that he can drink out of, even though he's not used to doing that. But food's harder to find, and he finally finds basically a trash can, and he eats some of the the nasty food that's been thrown away that's not too nasty. And he's not uh, 
not too concerned with, you know, it. He's hungry enough that he's just going to eat whatever he can find. Yeah. And then that, he, and anyway, he's... It, sorry. Go, go, go ahead. That, and it just, it's really sad because it's like, after four years of table scraps, it wasn't much worse than what he was used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And then he finds somewhere warm to go sleep. He does. Right next... Next to a poorly insulated water heater. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes those are handy. Yeah. And we move to chapter two and we've got weeks have passed and Dumbledore and Minerva haven't found anything. There's no movement from any known Death Eater, former Death Eaters. Snape hasn't found anything. Amelia Bones doesn't know anything. The Ministry isn't saying anything. So where could he be? And Harry, of course, has no idea what's going on. He's just learning how to be a proper cat. Mm -hmm. And the other cats don't really want to treat him very well either Mm because, you know, he's on their turf. Right. Yeah. But he still could smell nasty or tasty or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And eventually he starts uh, learning how to hunt for mice. Yeah. Once he gets out of town. He doesn't do too badly after a while. And they're not terrible. Mm -hmm. He's wondering if they actually taste good normally and people are just missing out or if they taste really good because he's a cat at the time. (laughs) Yeah. And then it starts to get cool because it's November Mm -hmm. and it's starting to get colder and colder. And he's like, I've got to find a house. And so he tries to find somebody's house to, you know, get him in, let him in. And a couple of days searching, he's got a bowl of cream and a little bit of liver, but... Nobody's actually letting him into the house. And on the third morning, he's still searching, and he sees this little girl with bushy brown hair reading a book on a bench. And the wind blew in his direction, and he caught a scent from her, a strange scent, but an oddly familiar one. And he goes closer and closer, and he, you know, there's just something about this girl. And he wants to Mm -hmm. talk to her. Yeah. He's apparently wandered quite far through the countryside from Mm -hmm. town to town. And Hermione's telling... I love little Hermione. She's awesome. All right. Well, tell us about (laughs) little Hermione. Little Hermione's the only girl reading chapter books in her her year. Mm -hmm. Because so many of them are having to learn how to read. Yeah. And this, like... And though it's not as drastic... Wasn't as drastic as, like, picture books versus chapter books... This just really reminds me of me from kindergarten, first grade. Mm Because I was reading these big, long books eventually Harry Potter, like Harry Potter at some point, And everyone else is like, all these little short books. <laughs> but for the same reason that Hermione likes the books, the stories are just too interesting to stick with, stick to the short ones with lots of pictures. Right. Mm-hmm. But then she's, but then she hears a small mewling noise and looks at what we know is Harry. Mm-hmm. It's an adorable black and white kitten. See, she says hello to the kitten, and it meows at her, and she asks if it would like to sit with her and pats the bench, and then it actually does come up and sit with her, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a surprise. Yeah. She thinks, well, maybe it's been trained, but it doesn't have a collar, so she just kind of wonders. Trisha, where'd you go? I'm right here. Oh, there you are. Okay. Okay. Um, Scarlet went a little Dalek on me. Oh, that didn't happen to me, but I got a, you know, like almost... Not an explosion sound, but a, a popping sound in my ear, like something 
popped and then it went really quiet and then your voice was really far away. So that's why I was wondering what happened. Okay. You might have caught the beginnings of my cough before I muted myself. Ah, that was probably it. Am I still Dalek-y? Nope, not for no. me. Okay. No, it's just like she starts communicating with um with with Harry, Kitty mm-hmm. Harry, and she's like, "Can you understand me?" And he's and the Kitty Harry's saying, "Yeah, I know in my head." <laughs> And she just asks what's her, what his name is, and that's when Harry just turns into Harry. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't freak out if you see a little kitten turn into a boy? Right. And she does. She screams and drops her book and runs inside the house. And Emma Granger is like, what's going on? And, Mommy, Mommy, there's a kitty outside who turned into a boy. <laughs> and she's like, like, really? <laughs> did that happen in your book? No, mommy, he's really there. Come see. And she drags her outside, and here's this little boy, and he's uh, squatting on the bench swing, and he's maybe four or five years old, and he's small and thin, and she's got general medicine training from dental school, so she knows he's underweight and dirty and dressed in little more than rags and shivering. And Hermione's like, and he said his name's Harry. <laughs> and the little boy starts to run, and she says, wait, and he stops. Yeah. And she wants to know if his mom and dad are around, and he just shakes his head. Mm-hmm. So she invites him inside to warm up, at least. Yeah. And Hermione says, he's scared, mummy. But they... And she's still treating him like a kitten, mm-hmm. and it actually works. Right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We won't hurt you. Are you hungry? We're just about to have some lunch. Mommy can make you a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And they go in, and and he, you know, looks still looks awful and nervous, but... Hermione gets him in the house just fine, and she uh, yells up at her husband, Dan, asks for a blanket, and he mm-hmm. comes down. He wants to know who this is. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And he's kind of intimidating because he's a big, tall man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't really look like Uncle Vernon, he's still... Big. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're that age, every, everybody looks big. I mean, mm-hmm. he could be just a normal-sized man. He just probably looks big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love but, Hermione. Yes, definitely. It's, it's okay. okay. It's just my daddy. Daddy, this is Harry. He's a cat. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he needs milk because he's a cat. Mm-hmm. I saw him. He was a cat, and then he turned into a boy. <laughs> and and our daughter snapped. Uh-huh. Oh dear! And and you know what's your name? Harry, sir. Harry Potter. Pleased to meet you, Mister Potter. And then, just as an aside, this is interesting to me because it's a it's a story where Hermione's parents' names are Dan and Emma, but it's uh... not a Harry Hermione story, which most of those are, mm-hmm. because True. that's where that pairing of names came from in the first place. Right. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, huh. I'm. I have read too many fics where her parents' names are Dan and Emma. I am just. This just comes from reading so many fics and a lot of them Harry Hermione, and it's just. I'm done with yeah. it. I'm I can't done. even catch it. It could be that's where this. You know where what? I didn't. Re- I didn't really catch it either because it was in I lots of fics. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. What was that, like, Trisha? I, Sorry. I couldn't. I, I didn't catch that either, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like. I, I don't ever remember what Mr. and Mrs. Granger's names were. We never find out unless we find they out. actually are Wendell and Monica. Mm-hmm. We know their fake names are Wendell and Monica Wilkins, 
but we yeah. don't know whether she changed their whole names or just the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Wendell but she never Granger. refers to them by name otherwise. Yeah, that would be a horrible mm-hmm. name. Wendell that would be a ter- terrible, terrible name. name. I mean, mm-hmm. Monica Granger wouldn't be so bad, but Wendell? Wendell. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully somebody wouldn't name their child that. I've seen but. fics where uh, they find out after everything's happened in Deathly Hallows and they get their memories back and they're like, really? You called us Wendell and Monica? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> anyway. So Dan wants to know what, you know, he says, so Harry, what are you doing here? And and he lo- Harry looks at Hermione and, and she says, he wanted to talk to me. And Dan says, oh, do you know him? No, but he said he wanted to. So why did you want to talk to Hermione, Harry? Do you like her? Daddy! <laughs> it was probably just came out because he's probably teases his daughter so mm-hmm. much about it. It, is, it was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But oh. Harry just looks down at his bare feet and stuff. So Dan says, I'm sorry, it was just a joke. And Harry's like, what? Adults don't apologize. What is this? Yeah. And then Nobody Emma apologizes to me. What is this strange phenomenon? Yeah. Well, and then it gets better because Emma comes in with the sandwiches and drinks and, you know, with milk for the children and Harry gets his own sandwich. He could yeah. count four sandwiches and four people, which made some sort of sense. But all of his conditioning told him that was a mistake because he's never had a sandwich of his own before. And he, you know, he bear, he starts to pick it up and he starts to eat it, waiting for somebody to take it away from him. And then at the minute he gets it close to his mouth, he just starts gobbling it like crazy because it's, you know, food. And he hasn't had anything like this in months. Mm-hmm. But he notices that the sandwich tastes sweeter than he's used to. Well, he can't remember anything tasting this sweet in quite a while, but he, he didn't slow down or pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually Hermione just sort of giggles at him and says, you're supposed to chew it. So then he tr- starts eating a little more slowly. Mm-hmm. And he gets his glass of milk and tries to lap at it because he's gotten used to doing that now. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really work when it's in a glass. So yeah. eventually he remembers how to drink, drink from glasses. Yeah. And Dan says, well, why did you want to talk to Hermione? And he said, I smelled something. And she's like, excuse me? And he said, you smell like me. And she's like, I do I not. I do not. <laughs> Go ahead. You smell like a cat. And you need a bath, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see nice. being so indignant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it said earlier her that Emma was really surprised that Hermione was astute enough to, like, treat Harry like, like he was going to run away or something because mm-hmm. her social skills are not up to her academic ones. No, they rarely but, are. Uh, typically, yeah. Sometimes when, yeah, sometimes when people are so smart, they're socially dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens. I mean, how, how? It does. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So Dan wants to know how Harry got there and Harry says he walked. And so then he wants to know where he lives and Harry says outside. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Did you live somewhere before that? And how long has it been? Um, long time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been out there since Halloween? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they eventually work out school had just started when he left. So it's been since 
early to mid-September. Right. And it's now November, so he's been out there a while. Goodness. Yeah. Somebody leans over to hug him, or Hermione Hermione. leans over to hug him because she's feeling bad about, you know, him being out there. And he punches at her, hits at her, and slaps at her blindly because he's afraid. And and then mm-hmm. he just yells, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the lights begin to flicker and stuff like that. And, and they're, they've had this happen before with Hermione when she's gotten really, really upset. So this isn't totally strange. But it's okay, it's okay, calm down, I'm not going to hurt you. And Dan says, he wasn't trying to be mean to you, Hermione, you scared him. And she calmed down and she's looking at him a little more... <laughs> warily than she was before mm-hmm. and yeah so emma asks him why he started living outside mm-hmm. and he explains a little bit about what was happening at yeah. least my uncle vernon was mad because i didn't stay in my cupboard you're a cupboard uh yeah where i sleep you sleep in a cupboard <clears throat> hermione go to your room <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but mommy why don't i have to talk to harry alone mm-hmm you can see her just like stomping up there. Yeah. Slam the door. Whack. Not happy. And then you see, then you see where Hermione gets the stuff because her mom grabs a pen and a pa- her mom and her dad grab a pen and a paper and start writing down notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically yeah. coax everything out of him and, and then and call the police. Ha- mm-hmm. And Harry's just not sure what's going on because they're sad and angry, but it's not at him. Mm-hmm. And they're like being physically affectionate and he can count on one hand how many times he's remembered being hugged right Mm. yeah yeah poor harry Harry. he's not had a good life in this story so far no so the police come well they call the police and they're gonna go and investigate and they're sending a social worker out yeah and hermione they call hermione back down and say you know, let's have him spend the afternoon with us. And she says, okay, can you turn back into a cat? And Hermione, that he's not a cat. And ding dong. And she goes to the door. And here is this bearded man in a long purple flowing robe with stars on it and a nightcap. And he says, hi, my name is Albus Dumbledore. And I'm looking for Harry Potter. Have you seen him? And she says, are you the social worker? And he says, uh, no, I'm a friend of the boy's family. And she says, well, then you can get lost. He's not coming back there. And Dumbledore's like, what? He's like, huh? So, I will not see that boy sent back to that hell house. And then there was shouting because apparently Harry turned back into a cat. (laughs) Oh, my God, Emma! And then Hermione's that boy, little... he just turned into a cat. What? See? I told you. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite thing. Hermione peeks over the peeks around the corner. Santa Claus! Santa Claus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore's like, not quite. I'm afraid not, my dear. And yep. what is this I hear about a cat? And, and she goes and gets the kitten and says, This is Harry. He's a kitten who turns into a boy. Or a boy who turns into a kitten. I'm not sure which. <laughs> and D- Dumbledore sees the white mark that looks like a lightning bolt on the kitten's head, and he says, Harry Potter? And then 
he turns back into a little boy and says, yes, sir. And Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Emma mm-hmm. screams, but Dumbledore's like, wow, you can do that. How'd you do that? That's pretty cool. And so they, the Grangers just want, really want to know what's going on. And he says, well, that was magic. Mm-hmm. It is magic. And magic. he has to explain, I am a wizard, so is Harry, but I can't change into an animal. And Harry wants to know that if that's why Dumbledore smells like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when he's in cat form, he can... Um, smell the magic. Mm-hmm. That's why Hermione smelled like magic. Yep. And he's like, I wonder. Mm-hmm. And he he and he casts a little thing to detective if, if Hermione's magic. Yep. And guess what? She is... Yep. Yay! Congratulations, your daughter's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> not sure about what? this? Yeah, I like it. She's like, cool. And Harry's like, can you turn her into a cat too? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. I don't no, think we only so. know one other person who can do that. So he explains that he's headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and that Harry and Hermione will be going to school there with other magical children. And that, you know, they want to know why he's there. And he said, well, as a friend of Mr. Potter's family, and Emma's eyes flash again, and he says, let me make myself clear. Mr. Potter's parents. And Mm -hmm. so, okay. And he explains a little bit about what happened to them, because Harry still thinks they were killed in a car accident. And Dumbledore's surprised that Petunia didn't tell him anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Emma's like, you're surprised about that? They didn't tell him anything? They barely fed him. And they made him sleep in a cupboard. How come you didn't check on him? Yeah. So eventually he makes everybody sit down. Mm -hmm. And he looks into Harry's mind and sees what's happened. And then he uh, Mm -hmm. realizes... He considers obliviating the Grangers first, but he realizes that's not likely to work. Mm -hmm. And anyway, they were going to have to learn things in another five years, so. And then he's just trying to figure out, wait, how did I lose control of all this situation? And I'm honestly thinking about, and I'm thinking about obliviating them, and, oh my word, I'm being so manipulative. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, wait, I had it there a minute ago, but then... It's gone. So he kind of looks into their minds, too, first, and then he casts a confundish charm to cover up the fact that he's been staring at them. And he says, okay, this is what happened. There was a dark wizard, and I'm really sorry that you have to hear it this way, but he killed many people, and your parents were fighting against him, and so he decided to kill your whole family, even you. And... He vanished, and you had this funky scar, and you lived, and nobody knows how. Mm-hmm. So, but you're still in danger because people might want revenge, and so I put you with your, your mother's mother. only living relatives. Mm-hmm. But because it was supposed to protect you from people who meant you harm, but it didn't do anything about the people who were already in the house. Right. So. And he says, I did send somebody to watch you, Arabella Fig. And he, Harry's like, Mrs. Fig, she's mean. Got to check into that, too. Yeah. And then, ding dong, here comes the social worker. And 
Yes, and that's who they thought Dumbledore was to start with, which is right. kind of fun. But. Until they saw him. And so, I, you know, as he, she's leaving to go get the door, Dumbledore says, I must urge you not to make any man- mention of magic to the non-magical authorities. And Dan's like, yeah, like your outfit's not going to be a dead giveaway. And so Dumbledore changes his clothes. And Dan's mm-hmm. just like, all right, this is crazy. Yeah, and he pulls his hair back, but he's still got his waist-length beard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so here comes Mrs. Wilkins, the social worker, and she wants to know how Dumbledore got there and needs his credentials, which she is envisioning in her mind. So he's able to see them and make them for her. And uh, Andy, that mm, yeah, nice to have a magic wand. It's so like psychic reading. paper with a couple extra steps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And it's like, Hermione, g- take Harry to your room. Yeah. And then Dan's just snickering. You told our daughter to take a boy to her room. Come on. She's six. She's six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's not the same thing. <laughs> no. And yeah, so- he's had a lot of too much fun with his wife about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the social worker, their, their department and such, has been investigating what's gone on with the Dursleys, and they've said multiple times that they're very concerned because their nephew ran away, because that's what um, Dumbledore told them to say. Yeah. But um, they also still are still themselves and didn't really want to have to support him. So they're sort of figuring that he, they're just lying about being concerned, yeah. which is pretty much the truth. And, and they found the cupboard under the stairs and stuff like that, so they're which going to Which has Harry's room written on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And their son is significantly overweight. Yeah. As contrasted with Harry, who's significantly underweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they want him checked by a doctor immediately. He's lucky he didn't freeze to death. Are you two dentists? We need to have his teeth checked, too. And Dumbledore wants him placed in permanent placement quickly instead of going to uh, an orphanage or whatever. He's got a couple of leads. And she's like, yeah, well, if you let me know who it is, I'll check into it. But, you know, she's she's not real happy with him. Especially because she... Because she thinks he's the one who initially placed him. And it's like, uh, you placed him with the family. What about follow-up visits? Mm -hmm. Nothing came of those? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, we checked in a couple times and it seemed okay, but yeah. Yeah, a couple times. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Dumbledore is probably going to be fired from his version of uh, his... uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, branch of, of the child social, protective services. Yeah. <laughs> so the social worker takes Harry into the kitchen and the Grangers go upstairs to talk and and Dumbledore just sits and looks at a magazine or something. And he's thinking about what's happened and he's eavesdropping on what uh, Harry and the social worker are talking in the kitchen about. Yeah. Because he's got a, a charm on Harry, so anything that's said around him, he can hear that. Mm-hmm. Too bad he doesn't have a what's the extendable ear. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, the twins haven't invented those yet. No, they haven't. Yeah, that's true. The twins are like, what are they? Uh, sev- seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. probably seven or eight, something like that. No, they, they invented it. They just haven't figured out how to do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, of course they have the, the idea. 
they want to hear what their parents are talking about when they send them out of the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Emma says that they want to take Her- keep Harry until Monday. And the lady's like, I'm sorry, you know, you have to have a license. And they're like, oh, but we are licensed. We got a I'm license sorry. a few years right ago. There, right there, I was just like, what a quinky dink. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the plot said so. Mm-hmm. But at least, you know, they've been licensed for a couple of years. So it's not like, you know, it just happened a few days ago that they got licensed. So I like that there was a little bit of something there. But, yeah, it is yeah. much of a coincidence. And so they say, okay, you know, let's take him, get him some clothes and a hot meal, and and you can have him until Monday. And the minute that she leaves, Dumbledore changes back into his robes. And they <laughs> all like, wince. Oh, much more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they ask him, they say they have lots of questions for him, but they want to get uh, Harry cleaned up first. Yeah, they want to so. shop for some things for Harry and do stuff like that. So he's going to come back in a few hours. Yeah. So he gets back to Hogwarts and tells Minerva that they found Harry. Yay! And but you were was, right. She was right all mm-hmm. the, those years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one of the things that we didn't say is that when he was looking into the Granger's minds and considering what happened to Harry, he realizes that... He stuck Harry in a loveless household, and if, you know, the thing that Voldemort doesn't know is love, then he really messed up by giving Harry to somebody that doesn't love, because now how is Harry going to learn love? And mm-hmm. so he's freaked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of um, author point of view stuck in there, I think, but, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, he says, well, nothing irreversible happened. It's very fortunate he escaped when he did for a medical family. I was more shocked how they treated him. They treated him like a house elf. And she's like, house elf? Escaped? You better tell me this whole story, Albus. And she mm-hmm. gets mad. Yeah. yeah. She's ready to go The reason I couldn't find him is uh, he turned into a cat. Uh-huh. A cat? Uh, what? That should be impossible. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah. And so should surviving the killing curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now he wonders if turning into a cat is the power Voldemort knows not. (laughs) I am beginning to suspect that normal concepts of what is possible do not apply to Harry Potter. Yeah. And now all I can think of is, but he's Harry Potter! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they they decide, maybe we don't need to tell Severus about this. (laughs) No. It would not make him happy. They uh, so he's gonna he's gonna talk to Andromeda and see if maybe they want him or maybe he can send him to the Diggories or the Weasleys, and you know she's thinking Harry Potter and the Chaos it's the Weasley household that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, although I guess having access access to his trust fund would probably be helpful. Mm, yeah, that'd be nice for the Weasleys. So. Yeah, no, well, they, 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 but you know the Weasleys, they wouldn't take any of it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I love the Weasleys. So, I, might like Mo- I might like Molly again. Yay! <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's good. I almost said, we like Molly, now we hate Mr. O'Malley, but I didn't do that. I liked the, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a Weasley sweater. 
title for the <laughs> latest podcast that went out today. I released two podcasts today. It was exciting. Well, there you go. Good on you. Yeah. We've gone to chapter four, and Harry has an afternoon of new experiences. It starts off with him getting washed, which he's very uncomfortable with because Petunia hasn't given him a bath in, ever since he's been old enough to do it himself, which he barely is old enough to do it himself, but you know. And then they allowed him to sit on the sofa and watch television with them, and they bought him and clothes. And <laughs> they actually fit. Actually fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Who knew clothes could be comfortable? Yeah, really. And then Dumbledore comes back, and he apparates. No, no, and he, he does don't ring the doorbell. Yeah, because they're he, sort of right. wondering he, whether he vanished from the living room. Mm-hmm. Just w- when he left, he just disappeared just, in front of them, and they're sort of wondering if he's going to come right back that way. But mm-hmm. he does come and ring the doorbell again. Yes, and so he's you know cleaned up and stuff. But we'd like to talk to you privately before you talk to him. So the kids get sent upstairs again. Mm-hmm. Hermione's sort of getting weary about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they want to know what Dumbledore's intentions towards Harry are. They have a list. They, they do. have a lot of, of questions. Yes. And they Mama are not going to take down. no for an answer. <laughs> no. And, you know, Dumbledore's kind of sees their point, too. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, we want him with a wizarding family. I've got several people in mind that have children of their own, and he'll be well-treated, and you know, they'll probably spoil him. Yeah. And then he explains that he's famous because of Voldemort and that he didn't want him in a wizard family to start with because he didn't want him to be spoiled. But there you go. But if he's with a wizard family, it'll be easier for him to check up on him. And mm-hmm. Emma's like, you should have been doing that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I should have been. And Voldemort, he's the terrorist. Is mm-hmm. he still a threat? Well... Sort of. Yeah. Kind of. Maybe. Okay. That was evasive. Now actually talk to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not letting him get away with anything, which I think is kind of unique for Dumbledore because most people are like, oh, he's Dumbledore and they do whatever well, he wants. It, yeah. Well, because they're awestruck mm-hmm. by him. And you know what? They don't know him from Adam or Eve. So, right. I mean. I love what he thinks about it. He should have known the evasive approach wouldn't work with this pair. Muggle healers were very well educated and trained to be inquisitive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. The followers, would they want revenge? Well, yeah, if they knew where he was, they could. So he sort of explains the whole thing and says, you know, you've been referring to Voldemort as a terrorist, but for us it was more of a civil war. Mm-hmm. Because and he explains about what the whole pure blood ideology is, and they realize as Dan's surprised that when he says Voldemort had an army of hundreds, that a few hundred can threaten a government, and he explains that there's less, there are fewer wizards in Britain than maybe ten thousand or so, mm-hmm. and. So he sort of has to shift what he's been thinking about because the country itself is 10,000. And then so police force and a small group of malcontents are both armies. Right. Um, And there's one magical school. Mm Mm-hmm. One. And so they go through all of this and they continue asking him questions about Hogwarts. and. Mm -hmm. He eventually gets 
kind of hoarse. Mm-hmm. He's been talking for a long time. Yeah, and they say, thank you for being for- so forthright with us. Mm-hmm. Or actually, the fix says forthwith, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they meant. And he says, well, I'm glad we could speak civilly about these things. And he does need to talk to Harry. So he mm-hmm. comes and he asks him, you know, how have things been going? And he apologizes to him for putting him with his aunt and uncle in the first place. Yeah. Which Harry doesn't really know how to take. Right. So he explains that he's going to try and find someone to put him with permanently by Monday. And they'll treat him well. And he wants to know what exactly happened when he escaped from Privet mm-hmm. Drive. Yeah. And Harry's head snaps up and he flinches and then and he turns his body away, but he keeps his eyes locked on Dumbledore. And he says, you know, this yeah. seems familiar, but he doesn't know what. Because and- Harry's basically acting like a cat at this point. Uh-huh. He's He's been a cat for the past two months, so he's sort of absorbed all the body language and mannerisms from that. Mm-hmm. But he tells him what happened, and then Emma wants to know how Dumbledore knew how to find him. And Dumbledore's like, well, I have ways of tracking Harry using magic. It's just for his safety, but when he was a cat, I couldn't track him. Mm-hmm. So, so he's going to update his tracking charm mm-hmm. so that it works on his cat form as well. And the Grangers aren't really sure about this whole tracking idea, but they kind of realize that Maybe it does help in Harry's case. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like out of the. I mean, it's out of their their hands. Or, yeah. And so they they want to know if maybe he can uh, come back for another visit tomorrow. And okay, they, they, at least I mean they're smart enough to like you know what we need to process all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to process it and they need to you know come up with more questions and and all of that and. Yeah. And in the back of his mind, Dumbledore's really kind of hoping that the Grangers might want to take Harry in, but he knows that he can't interfere with that. They have to come up with it on their own. Mm-hmm. It's a free will. Yeah, because if he does it another way, then he's going to have to resort to change, you know, mind, basically mind control, and he doesn't want to do that because that would put him more like the Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. So... And then Emma says, I'm going to order pizza, Harry. Can you turn back into a person so you can tell me what you want on it? And Hermione's like, not nice. Yes, because she was really grossed out earlier when Harry was explaining about having eaten mice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Harry has to say, well, I don't know what pizza is really, so just order whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go with pepperoni. Yeah. She wants to know if he'd like Sam anchovies, which he probably would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So. But Hermione does not like anchovies. No, she's not happy with this. So he's he's in this double bed in the guest room, and he's like, uh, I don't know what to do. It's this great big bed, and it's not it's anything kind of like daunting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he kind of realizes that it's there's something wrong or sad about how he's being treated really well by these people that he met two days ago, and mm-hmm. his own family was so horrible to him. Yeah. And they're supposed to be asleep, and Dan and Emma are in the kitchen having a discussion. And yeah. Emma's like, what and do you think? And they want to know. They, they're trying to figure out what they can do. And mm-hmm. Emma is really considering 
you know, filing for custody of him. Mm-hmm. We've always but, wanted another child. Yes, and, we wanted another child who wasn't a tar- target for terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. Dan likes him too, but he's not really sure about all this um, baggage that comes with Harry, the danger and me- the, the whole magical world, really. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I like how how they do the reasoning of it. I mean, they can run away with them, but the thing is, they could they could follow them, right? Or they they don't let them there, but Hermione will be in the same grade as he is, and the thing is, she'll be all involved too, right? And they could just take Hermione and run, and they'd probably be okay. But then, what are they going to do with this witch that doesn't really know what she's doing? Mm-hmm. So. And this is the first time Hermione's really had a friend. Right. And Emma realizes that, yeah, in general, it probably doesn't help. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really help anything other than Harry if we stay here. And it's Harry's this boy. He doesn't have anything. And Dan it's realizes not his, it's not his fault. Yeah, right. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. And Dan realizes that Emma is totally taken with little Harry here. Yep. So... They're going to do what's right instead of do what's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so. just as they're about to go to bed, Dan has a thought and says, you know, your mother always used to wear robes all the time. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. So they add another little question to their list for Dumbledore the next day. Yep. And they decide they're going to sleep on this discussion that they've been having. And we jump to chapter five. All right, mm-hmm. I am getting out. All right, Sorry. good night. Good night, good night Trisha. Thank you. Hey, we got halfway through, Trisha. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad. And yeah, I'm on chapter seventeen, and I'm I'm kind of losing somewhat interest because it's rehashing some of the things from the book, and I'm finding myself um scanning. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it'll pick it's up. Not, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's just uh, like, okay, I already know what's going on. Ash. Okay, we're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so all right. All right. Good, have have good a night. good a good race tomorrow. Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah. Are you running? Yeah, I am running. I thought you weren't going to run anymore. Oh well, no, I'm running. I'm doing eight miles tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going how well I'm going to do it. I pulled my Achilles. Oh. So yeah. I have it taped up already. So. Hopefully it works out. If not, I'm going to be walking eight miles. <laughs> All right. Well, don't hurt yourself too bad. I will try not to. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Bye, mm-hmm. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So we've got Albus. And then there were three. Mm-hmm. Albus, Albus has shown up at the Grangers again. This mm-hmm. time he's wearing maroon and black robes. He's got little geometric patterns on them. Of course. Goodness, so that man's wardrobe. Slightly less blinding than the ones from the day before, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that man just has an interesting wardrobe. He does. Mm. One of the things he said in earlier chapters is, I've always thought bright colors were very eye-catching. Well, I guess, yes, but, um, but <laughs> not all why? of them go together. Yeah. yeah. Maybe his sight's going, and the really bright colors are the only ones he can see well. There you go. Who knows? That's what happens when you get older. <laughs> so he went so to- they let him in, and the children are upstairs again because mm-hmm. they have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, of course you do. But he's yeah. pretty good about it. But he wants to know so, how Harry is. 
And mm-hmm. she says, physically much better, but he's um, going to need some time to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. But before they get into wizarding culture, she wants to know whether it's possible, whether there was something that might have gone on with her mother. Mm-hmm. And he asks what her maiden name was. And um, he says, yes, Folly is actually a wizard name, but most of them were killed in World War II. Grindelwald's right. war. Well, and so, they wait, they died second. very mysteriously. Is I that, thought it was kind of go ahead. sorry. Go. I thought it was kind of funny that the author chose to use the surname Puckle because that was originally what the Granger's surname was going to be in canon. Oh, hmm. I wonder if that's cool. where they got it from. We'll have that's to ask. That's what I'm almost positive. That's where it comes from because it was one of the things that Joe released at some point. Like from her early notes, mm-hmm. it was originally going to be Hermione Puckle. Interesting. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. I I remembered it now that you say it, but yeah. I also uh, think, in context of that, it's kind of funny that the that the social worker's last name is Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was before Deathly Hallows because, as we get into in this chapter, the description and everything of what went on with Grindelwald is much more intertwined with World War II and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have Grindelwald basically leading a front of World War II instead of being a former friend of Albus's and all of that stuff. Well, and her grandparents, or her parents, grandparents? Her par- her parents. mother was a, her mother was a squib pr- yeah. or Probably. might've been a squib. But yeah. They, her they grandparents were killed. were killed in the blitz. Her parents died in another. Mysteriously. Uh, yeah. Under mysterious circumstances, they were found dead in their home in the aftermath of what looked like a gas explosion. But the mm-hmm. coroner could never determine the cause of death. Yeah. And so it sounds like probably Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. And so once he's confirmed that, yes, they were both, they were all probably killed by dark wizards, it's, it's hard for her to take. So mm-hmm. she has to take a while to process. Yeah. But... She still wants to go ahead with possibly adopting Harry. And mm-hmm. Dumbledore's fairly shocked because he's figured, well, that's out the window now, but apparently yeah. not. And they just want to be able to give Harry a good environment and just be a kid. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, um, this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Reads yeah. their minds. No, this is as good as it sounds. Yeah. But they want protection. And Good for them. And not only do they want protection, but they want protection that is independently verified because they don't trust Dumbledore very far. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore can set the wards, but they want the goblins to come and check them afterwards mm-hmm. to make sure they're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't know it's the goblins at this point, but he yeah. recommends they can contact Gringotts. Gringotts. Because, you know, they're a bank and not at all associated with Hogwarts, so... Yeah, and you can go into any major bank and tell them you want the Gringotts branch, and they'll find somebody for you. <laughs> I'm like, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of scary. Goblins have liaisons everywhere, apparently. Apparently. At least in Britain. We don't know what they're like in other portions of the Wizarding World. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they want to know if there's a way to start teaching the kids early magic. So that they can protect themselves. And he says that really there's not because of the trace and underage magic. 
So mm-hmm. they wonder. And children about, don't often have the control to actually cast specific spells when they're younger. So yeah. So they talk about Muggle martial arts, and Dumbledore says actually that's a good idea because it will teach them strength and stamina, and reaction time. So if you want to do that with them, that's a grand grand idea. Yeah. So. And then the last thing that they want to make sure is that anytime anything involving Voldemort comes up, he's going to tell them. None of this keeping it close to the vest. Just, just tell us when something happens. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and he's so, like, okay, I will do that. Any other in developments, I will do everything in my power to protect Harry and yourselves and your daughter. And I can also expedite the adoption process. And they're like, really? Is that legal? <laughs> and he says, it, it can be. can be. <laughs> <laughs> the original way I was thinking of isn't really, but there are a couple others I could try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they invite him to stay and they're going to go up and talk to Hermione first. And then they're going to talk to Harry because everybody has to decide together. Decide together. So they explain the idea of adopting Harry, which she's strongly in favor of. That would be great. But then they also explain, you know, there's this danger that's around that. And these dark wizards might still be after him. And eventually she says, well, I think we should anyway. Because even if we run away, he can't come with us. And that's not fair. Yeah. Um, and he'll be my brother. That's great. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is we're going to have to practice getting away really quickly with Mr. Dumbledore's magical protections, kind of like a fire drill. Mm -hmm. And you're both going to be taking karate classes. Okay. Then they go get Harry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He sort of... So they're sitting against the headboard. The three of them are sitting with their backs against the headboard of the bed. And he sort of squatting cat-like on the end of the bed because he's not quite sure what they're up to. And they say, you know, Mr. Dumbledore said he'd take you to a magical family, but we're thinking we'd like you to be in our family. Do you know what that means? And he says, no. And she says, well, we'll sign papers to make you legally our son and we'll be your parents. Would you like to join our family? And you never have to go back to your aunt and uncle. Never. Ever. And Harry's just oh, does, can't believe it. Mm-mm. They want him. They've barely known me. Yeah. And as a son, and they're asking me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he, Harry he blinks is at them and mm-hmm. and puts his head down because he's doing the the happy submission things. And yeah. they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he pounces on them and gives them all a hug. <laughs> Aww. Welcome to the family, son. And he starts purring. <laughs> and, Dan j- and Dan just like, I didn't th- think I was going to be saying that for another 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. Dumbledore's down watching television. Yeah. And he thinks, this is interesting. And if anybody could figure out how to take the movements like wizarding photographs and put sound to them and all of that, they could probably make some money. Mm-hmm. But- the yeah. twins will do it when they're old enough. Yeah. I've read a fic where they did that, and that's how people actually managed to make the Triwizard Tournament interesting, so you could actually see what was going on underneath the lake. Yep, yep. I think I remember that fic. 
That sounds mm-hmm. familiar, but I don't know from where. <laughs> I've been reading fic for too long. Oh goodness. Um. Yeah. Give me a second. Over <laughs> a decade. <laughs> That'd be about right. Wow. Yeah. They uh. <laughs> I just, I've never thought about it like Yeah, I've probably been reading fan fiction for 14 years or so, because I think I started when the first movie came out, and that was like 2001-ish. But, yeah, I know. It's been a long time. It's more of I'm comparing how long I've been reading fanfic to how old I am and... To how long you've been actually reading anyhow and <laughs> stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I really want to say that or sixth grade when I started reading fic. Mm-hmm. And we won't even get into the really bad fic I was writing. Harry Potter and Spy Kids. Ooh, Not nice. together. Stuff. Oh, Not okay. together, but... Oh. I was thinking it was a crossover. I'm going, hmm, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Spy Kids is fun. Yes, but the writing... Uh, I understand. Yeah. So the Grangers, to get back to the story that we're actually talking about, accidental, accidental animages by White Squirrel, the Grangers tell Dumbledore, we're going to adopt Harry. Mm-hmm. We'll get started on this immediately. But they also say, there's a whole lot about the magical world we don't know. Is there a way we can learn more about it? And they want some books, and he offers Minerva. Because she's also a cat animagus, and, you know, maybe she can teach Harry how to use his feline side. Mm-hmm. And the, when Dan mentions books as a possibility, Hermione's like, oh, yes, magic books! <laughs> we like this idea! <laughs> so he's going to get some magic books. Books, 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 And Albus actually goes out the door instead of vanishing in front of them. Yay! He's learning. Slowly. I guess he's um, slightly less urgent today because he's actually got some uh, progress going on with that. Mm -hmm. Well, he's also a little just shocked. I mean, because when we move on to chapter six, Albus is returning to the castle and he was clearly had an emotional meeting and Mm -hmm. she can't really get a read on him. So something's definitely up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, he says, you know, they want to adopt him, and she, the first thing she thinks about is, did you tell him about Voldemort? And he's like, well, actually, yeah, I did. Well, actually, and, the first thing she says is, did you use a compulsion charm on them? Mm-hmm. She yeah. blinks at him too. Mm-hmm. And she, she and Harry are both staring at people a lot. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they're at, that's like, a thing apparently. It's kind of reminding me, um, I was trying to think of what, what Harry was reminding me with all the staring, and it's Trell from Critical Hit. <laughs> mm, yes. This staring. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. He says, I, I'm going to need your help because I've got a lot of stuff to do, and first of all, I need to do lots of security at the Grangers, so I need you to kind of take over for me here. And I'd like to arrange a meeting with you and Mr. Potter and the new family so that you can teach him about being a cat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So so she figures out they could do that next Saturday, and she's going to figure out the contingencies for him not being there, which mm-hmm. he's, she's probably had to do a number of times. 
Yeah. And she says, and Albus, yes, do be sure that you're thorough regarding the boy safely, safety. And he says, with the Grangers demanding Gringotts cer- certification of their wards, I could hardly do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm. And next we have Harry and Hermione going to school because he's going to school with in in her class now. Yes. And they've the Grangers have explained to the teacher, Miss Callahan, Mrs. Callahan, that Harry is an abuse victim that they're adopting. So she's slightly uncomfortable with that, but trying to you know be mm-hmm. nice to him. And yep. they they organize an extra chair at. Hermione's usual table so he can sit with her, which is nice because he was sort of standing there awkwardly wondering where he's supposed to go. Yeah, because there weren't any extra seats. So everyone says, hello, Harry, and then he uh, gets to start learning how to read again. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, learned some of it when he was at Little Whinging, but he hasn't needed it for the past two months. So Yeah, he's got to relearn some stuff. But recess is the part of school that he's dreading because... That's when he was Sorry, always... The hairy hunting always happens. Yeah. But and as... Hermione's not really a big recess person either because Mrs. Callahan won't let her take a book. <laughs> this is uh, but... wrong. And, you know, when, yeah. I was, when I was in elementary school, I preferred reading to recess, and they didn't let me do that. But they needed a bathroom monitor, somebody that would sit outside the bathrooms and make sure that nobody was doing things they weren't supposed to in there. So I could sit out and be a bathroom monitor and read my book during recess. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I did Find that a lot. Balls. I wrote bad Spy Kids fan fiction <laughs> during, <laughs> during elementary school, during recess. I, act, I have a very vivid memory of this. I mean, it gave me a chance to work on my cursive, so there was that. Mm. <laughs> and I Some read... Some of my friends were sort of basically acting out bad uh, DC Comics fan fiction on the playground. The playground. That happens. Uh, the guy who was making up all the stuff usually got to be either Batman or one of the major villains. I think one of the, if I remember correctly, one of his uh, stories that he kind of tried to start was a thing with all the Batman villains and uh, all of us in the group got cast as somebody, <laughs> uh, but that never really went anywhere after a couple of days. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, I was writing emergency fanfic and two forty Robert fanfic, but nobody's ever heard of two forty Robert, so that doesn't do me any good. But whooshing noise of everything of those two things going over my head. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm If you young. have heard of two forty Robert, please comment on the forum or write in so Sue doesn't feel alone. <laughs> really. This is what happens when you podcast with a college kid. Yeah. Jules was watching. I think it was Jules. Might have been Melinda. I think it was Jules was watching old emergency episodes not too long ago. And it just, I I got to squee with her. It was great fun because I, I have very, very strong memories of that because it was on past my bedtime. But I, I think I've told this story before. Um, it was on past my bedtime, but I had a nightmare. And I got to get up because I was afraid and it was the night that it was on. And so I got to watch some of it because they were comforting me and stuff. So I started having nightmares on Wednesday nights so that I could get up and watch Emergency. Sneaky Sue. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I'm not sure if I've heard of Emergency before 
or if I can just deduce what it is because of the name. But mm. yeah. it was the I'm very pretty sure I never watched it. First paramedic show ever, I think. And mm. they were, and it was about the first paramedics. And it's okay. so weird to watch it now because they, you know, they didn't wear gloves. They didn't wear anything. And, you know. Anything? Well, you know, protective. Sorry. They didn't wear anything protective. I had to do uh-huh. Naked paramedics tonight on AMC. <laughs> yeah. no. Back then, people would have loved to have seen Randolph Mantooth in, in nothing. So that's all right. But, yeah, it was I, – I really liked it. And I went through a kick on Netflix about six months ago where I rewatched a whole bunch of episodes. And, and it's still really fun to watch, but it's also kind of funny because, you know – Medical things have changed a lot since then. Mm-hmm. So. Were they set in the past at the time, or is it just because that's when they were made? No, it was just that's when they were made. Oh, okay. Like I said, they were, you know, they were firefighters and they became the first paramedics. And so they, you know, they still called into the hospital and they could only do whatever with doctor orders and things like that they send a lot of ekgs they do they do that a lot because that's good show you know you know and then there you had the two paramedics the two main paramedics that you followed and then there were two doctors and a nurse that were regulars huh. and then Neat. a couple other ones but it's yeah it's a lot of fun to watch and if you catch some of their they've got a couple of their two-hour like finale ones that you can get on netflix or you know things like that and and they're actually pretty involved and kind of fun. There's one about a a building that's on fire. There's one about an airplane crash. And there's one about a ferry explosion. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. They get shipped to Seattle. That one was exciting. Hmm. Sort of a. I'd have to look them up. Paramedic, ex- paramedic exchange program. But yeah. So the kids are going out for recess and neither of them are particularly happy about it. But then Harry spots the jungle gym Mm. and they never interested him, interested him before. But now that he's been a cat for two months, he's like, Ooh, climbing things. (laughs) (laughs) I like climbing things. And he just scampers right up. mm -hmm. And there's a boy who's probably a year or two older. and says, Ooh, you're good at that. Mm -hmm. Or, I don't know if it says how much older Paul is, but he's the oldest of their little group of four that they get. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's Paul Talbot, and then there's a girl named Tiffany who's trying to climb up as well and not doing very well at it. But she eventually makes herself up, mm-hmm. and they try and entice Hermione to come too. And she's going, "I'm not so good with that." But uh, Harry climbs down and gets her, and then she comes up. Mm-hmm. He almost falls off because he tries to go down head first and then realizes, I can't exactly do the entire cat thing <laughs> when in human shape. Yeah. But the, he does manage to right himself and slide down. Freak it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And and Paul asks, what kind of name's Hermione when Harry introduces her? Mm-hmm. And Harry just glares, and Hermione's like, it's from a winter's, the Winter's Tale, and mm-hmm. it's better than Paul. <laughs> and then he's like, wait a second, that didn't make any sense. Why did I say that? But Tiffany just giggles and says, yeah, because she's a girl. Yeah. You don't want a girl named Paul. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty awful. And then they... Boy so. named Sue. Mm-hmm. Man named Jane. <laughs> And there's a song called What Kind of Name is Hermione, too. There you go. Yes, there is. It's by the Parcel Mouse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this little area, I've got to get a clip of a boy named Sue, a man named Jane, and a Hermione clip. This is going to be very <laughs> musical right in here. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. James, the man they call James. He robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor. Stood up to the man and he gave him what for. I love for him now. Ain't hard to explain The hero of Canton A man they call James Who's that girl that's always first to raise her hand? I know who Her name's Hermione And boy, she makes me mad Me too That girl is ugly Disgusting. Looks like she hasn't washed her hair in three whole weeks. You know, what kind of name is Hermione anyway? I don't know. It took me like four years to learn how to pronounce it. I have all three of those. You would. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's that supposed to mean, Nothing, dear. Just means that you're very musically inclined. Scarlet's the Puffo Encyclopedia. She is. Encyclopedia Puffoinia. Thinking of which, can I uh, have that as my form title? Yes, but write it down somewhere so I can spell it. Because you know <laughs> I, I can I think she wrote, wrote it in a post on Puffo, actually. I recall reading that. Did you? I saw... How are we pronouncing his name? Lokiar? I uh, think so. Something like that. The Ravenclaw who, mm-hmm. who did... Who is becoming not an evil overlord? Yes, he's not going to be an the evil reversal overlord list. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Did you see his his picture that he made? The Drew Carey oh, Drew Carey with yes. the with the yes, sorting hat that. on his head. I'm, yes, I'm I have trying. not seen that yet. I'll have to go find it. I have asked him to make it into a banner so that we can have it as the new header. Excellent. <laughs> So he, it won't stretch though. So he's, he's got to kind of redo it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it basically says, welcome to Potterfic Weekly where the story never ends and the points don't matter because. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. The place Thank where you. everything's made Thank up and the points don't matter. Woo. <laughs> basically that's it. Just yeah. for like half a moment. Thank goodness. We finally hit this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Ah. Uh, 
I know. I'm going to go around and give people points. It was points. a while where the points did matter very, very much. But, yes. Uh, I've, <sighs> I've been listening to Old Puffwa, and um, I, I have, I've been listening to uh, Master Fic Theater and the whole thing where they everybody did the skits for Ryan's birthday or whatever it was. And, and one of the skits was basic. I mean, based around the whole fact that everybody went crazy. Yeah. Except for the Hufflepuffs, who were all having a nice meal. (laughs) So I don't quite remember that. I'll have to listen to them again. Yeah, because you're actually in all of them, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he wasn't in the Ravenclaw one. No. Is that the one where they were the spaceship Ravenclaw crashing Mm -hmm. into the tower? Yes. Starship Starship Pufflania. And Jen, too, was one of the people on the ship because she was the only one who could say, hold on to your intergalactic wire belts. <laughs> I was, yep. I've recently done a, a re-listen to the season one one and two recaps. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I know this. I listened to the season one recap today and yesterday. And the skits get used a couple different times mm-hmm. throughout Potterfic Weekly. Like, whenever it's Ryan's birthday, they come out again. Yeah. I tend to stick them in every once in a while, too. And then there was lots of singing. And there was you and Jen singing, Scott, and then Blue Moon. and mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of things. I need to go post the number for people. It's Special 13 because they were trying to find quotes and different things. They wanted... They were, they were trying to find Jen's song on Facebook. The... I, I love the so social intercourse something mm-hmm. so varied it gets me so excited for the guy i married and yeah mm-hmm. and they also want the one with her ringtones which i have been trying to find and i cannot find it i've pick been up hearing your phone, pick up your phone pick up your phone yeah pick up your phone right now i don't remember where that actually came from either so i'm no help i have no clue i'm pretty sure it was in an intro at some point but then it would have music behind it Mm -hmm. i've heard it in the ep in i I swear it's right around episode it's it's right around the episode where they talk about itai but i've listened to that episode and it's not that one so i i can't but that's where i remember hearing about it and it's during the time when Jen's pregnant, so I mean, there's a fairly small window there. But yeah, Scarlett, hmm. when do you have to go talk to your folks? I have another, call it fifteen minutes before I, just to give myself a little bit of extra time before. Okay, I guess we better get going then. Yep. Uh, yeah, be responsible again. I had to be, you know, I had to be responsible and leave David to come and talk to y'all. I mean, I love you dearly, but. But you kind of like him too. I know. Well, I'm yes. glad you were responsible. I was having, came I was having with us. fun. Well, that's oh. always good too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want <laughs> it to be the same kind of fun. I trust was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun <laughs> you were having. <clears throat> nothing that. Oh my, come on. Nothing that my con- very conservative campus would have too much of a problem with. Okay. And that's all we're going to say about that because because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Yes. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state. It's all doing the Ryan thing. What I think is so funny is Ryan goes on and on and on about separation of church and state. 
And yet in the season one recap, he talks about following a coworker into the parking lot at work and she gets out of the car and she says, I'm listening to your podcast and I look at my rearview mirror and you're behind me and I find that awkward. So at some point, somebody at his work knew about the podcast. And then Mm -hmm. they didn't. And then there was before camp market itself. Yes, I know. We're terrible, awful, and no good, terrible people. Oh, well. (laughs) And he has this whole thing about going on about church and state and yada, 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 yada. And then uh, apparently, like, I I put myself into my own version of the witness protection program for so long. (laughs) And he still has has to, like, mentally switch between the names. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a nut. Yeah. We're way off course. But anyhow, we've got poor Harry going to the doctor for a complete mm-hmm. physical. And Paul and Tiffany aren't in the same class with Harry and Hermione, so no. they probably are at least a year older. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul is. Tiffany might just be a different class. That's, That's true. true. We don't know if there are more than one class in each age group in their school or not. It doesn't say. Yes, Harry's going to the doctor for his physical and x-rays and so on. And then he goes to the eye doctor and picks himself out some black round glasses Mm -hmm. because they just seem right somehow. Yep. And there's lots of paperwork because they need to extend Harry's fostering placement to preliminary adoption placement and file this and do that. And yeah, uh uh-huh. And so by Thursday, it's a little bit... Thursdays didn't really keep records very well about Harry, so... (laughs) They're lucky they got a vaccination report at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then Thursday, they're, they're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, there's an owl at the window. Mm-hmm. I love the narration before it, though. Okay. He was getting used to his new glasses and was feeling more comfortable in his new home in the school. So, of course, that was the perfect time for the magical world to slip back in and cause more chaos. <laughs> yeah. And there is an owl with a letter in its beak. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I don't think is canon. I think they usually tie them to the legs, or at least mm-hmm. they did for the one bringing the Daily Prophet, because it right. had its little pouch for the subscription fee and stuff. Yeah. It sounds yeah. right. But anyway. There you go. They've brought a letter from Dumbledore mm-hmm. requesting a meeting at 8 o'clock that night, and don't block the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sincerely, <laughs> Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. And Dan's like, Brian, it sounds so normal. (laughs) (laughs) I love that's what they get hung up on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personally, I like Wolfric. It's just fun. It is fun. I I have a friend whose son is Wolfgang. Hmm. They're a very musical family. Uh, And they're waiting for the doorbell to ring (laughs) again, and it doesn't. Instead... The fireplace bursts into flames, and Albus Dumbledore's head is in them. <laughs> and, they and the kids scream and run. And their <laughs> parents course. are, like, ready to do the same, and Dumbledore's like, Wait! I apologize, but this is the best way to come. May I come in? He's just checking to make sure that the flu is working by sticking his head into it, which seems slightly like that could have bad, bad consequences. consequences. <laughs> I mean, you You'd think, like, hey, I'll come here in person, and five minutes after I get here, Minerva can test this. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. just go do it from there the to Muggle his family. office or something. Mm. But yeah, well, scare the Muggle family, and oh, that- that's so much more fun. But he steps out of the fireplace wearing red and black, and Hermione's like, "You are Santa Claus." <laughs> no, not quite. Although I have read fix where Santa Claus was in fact a wizard using flu powder, so you know. Or a time turner. I think you need a time turner. Well, and there's the, the. Maybe that's why he's so old looking. Is it the Harry and the Potter's song, or is it Draco and the Malfoys? One of them has a song about the Thestrals being killed and, or the no. reindeers being killed and, San- no. and Dumbledore giving the, him Thestrals and it's... the Death Eaters come and it turns out that Santa's a wizard. Oh, who is? Whose is that? Whose is that? I I know this. I know this. I'm going to have to look it up. One second. (laughs) I think it might be like, it's it's either Draco or like uh, Justin Finch Fletchley or somebody. No, it's neither neither of them. I know it's neither of them. Give me a moment. I'm finding this. (laughs) It's the Mudbloods. I was right. Ah, yes. I don't really know theirs very well. An epic Christmas tale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they actually have three versions of it. it mm-hmm. Three chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Second one is called Murder at the Top of the World. <laughs> wow. That's and fun. The first one is called Chapter One, How the Festrals Saved Christmas. Yep. Yeah, that's the one I'd heard of before. I didn't realize there were extra chapters. Mm-hmm. Okay, I really do have a a freakishly good memory. And B, very good Google of, foo. A lot of m- music. <laughs> Google foo. Yeah, Google foo Google is always foo. useful. Okay, Google foo I is have, good. I have general search foo because I can find things on the forum. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what you're you. telling me is that I need to take you out of Ravenclaw and put you in Hufflepuff? Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. No. I think that's just an ABPM thing. I don't, I don't. No. Judging by how good I am at finding things, I don't think it's a general Hufflepuff <laughs> trait. Okay. You would well, put a former no, head of I Ravenclaw into Hufflepuff? What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Now, you don't have to say Hufflepuff like that. You would put a former <laughs> head of Ravenclaw into another house? Well, if you're going to be a finder. <laughs> I'm apparently a Ravenclaw. So <laughs> I'm a current head of Hufflepuff, and I'm apparently a Ravenclaw, so. <laughs> see, see, it works. <laughs> so that means Ravenclaws are outnumbering Hufflepuffs on, the, on this podcast? Yep. If that's a first. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Anyway, but Dumbledore is surprised by Harry's glasses because they look a lot like James's glasses. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's kind of fun. Picked them out himself. He's inherited his father's sense of fashion, mm-hmm. such as it was. Yeah. So he teaches them how to use the flu and tells Harry he's got to be very clear and say where he's going to go. And then 
he and Dan go outside and start setting the ward stones around the property. Yeah. And Emma has to explain that, yes, they knew before adopting Harry that Voldemort might come back and... They're all okay with it. They all agreed, including Hermione. Mm-hmm. And Hermione says, yeah. So there's no getting out of it now. Nope. <laughs> and Dumbledore mentions to Dan that they can certainly go ahead and change Harry's surname in the Muggle world if they want to, but it's probably not going to carry over in the wizard world because, right. A, he's famous, and, B, he has a Wizengamut seat, so he'd have to be 17 and legally change his name in the wizarding world and change the name of the house on the Wizengamot to do that. What did you do, Scarlet? I was checking something and I hit hang up by accident. Ah, okay. But I saw something weird happen. I bet you were able to come back. Yeah, but... That's good. I'm going to have to leave as soon as we finish this chapter because it's getting to the time that I time. need to... Yeah. 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 Okay. No worries. We, we did not breeze through three, three chapters in the allotted fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, we didn't because we were <clears throat> slightly off topic. <clears throat> oh, off topic? Us? Oh, never. Us? Never. No, us? not at all. How dare you, Sue? How I dare know, you? I know. So I like that Dumbledore gives them anti-anti-muggle charms. So mm-hmm. they can see the leaky cauldron and Hogwarts and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. So that's kind yep. of fun. Typical wizarding logic. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also brought them their books and Mm -hmm. some portraits. There's a portrait of Emma's grandparents and their children. Yeah. And a portrait of Lillian James and baby Harry. Which is really nice. And they've been set in stasis for display in muggle homes. So they aren't waving at anybody. But They're not moving. Yeah. And then he says, unless there's anything else, I'm going to go. And he throws in a handful of flu powder, and off he goes. Yeah, that's well, annoying. Scarlet? Yes? You want to say what you want to say about this story? Or do you just want to say goodbye? Uh, other than you seem to get me addicted to, addicted to things? Uh-huh. <laughs> you were evil? Yes, I know. And I'm following not only this story, but one of the other stories that this author has in progress? <laughs> uh-huh. I'm so glad that I could find something good for you to read. Yes, I am very pleased about that. I think the story goes in interesting places. Mm-hmm. Though I will agree at times, I'm just kind of like, oh dear. <laughs> we have to get th- through the same things over and over. But then again, I'm writing one of those kinds of stories too. So I know that it's just yeah. hard when you're having to reestablish the world. Yeah, but mm. I like the story. Because if like you only did the little bits that are different, it would be hard to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be so jumpy, and it just really wouldn't work. Right. It's a really tricky balance. It is. And I think this story does a pretty decent job. Cool. And I've I read look it forward before, to be... but I don't remember the rest. So <laughs> I look forward to, read to being able to talk about more of it. Okay. And mm-hmm. it'll be also fun to hopefully... Do you think we can actually be able to talk to the author? Yes. He is more than happy <laughs> to do this. Yes. 
Sue, can I sign up for the author interview? Please. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yay. And Go I'll right even ahead. try not to be a and I will try not be a big walking spoiler. Okay. I think you're gonna say you were trying gonna try not to be a fangirl, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'd like to succeed Is it the at the Aerith Matzer one that you're following as well. What's the yes. other one? Mm-hmm. Hermione. Yeah, that's math a fun genius. one too. Hmm, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. But Sue, mm-hmm. why would I try not be a fangirl? I'd like to like succeed, so oh, yeah, okay. I'll just. <laughs> You're breaking up terribly, Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I, I keep playing with my earbud, and it's not the one with the mic, but apparently it's moving around the mic on my other earbud too much. Okay. I hate oh. being responsible. Go be responsible. Why I have to graduate? Because. Because why? Because you can do all sorts work. of other things. Yep. But it's scary, and I have to find an apartment. Yeah. Yeah, these things happen. I sympathize. I've never But really I might had to be able that, to find yeah. a roommate. There you go. At least for the summer. So we're crossing fingers and hoping that this conversation with my folks goes well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you go have a good conversation with your folks. Scott and I will finish these last two chapters. Goodbye, Scarlett. It's your fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sue's kicking you off now. I don't know. <laughs> I won't hang up on it. Thanks but... for joining us, Scarlett. It was yep. fun. We'll see you next time. I like this chapter because this is a chapter when Minerva gets to meet Harry. And we find out more mm-hmm. about being a cat. All so. sorts of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Minerva is outside the address that Albus has given her. And she's in her cat form, and she's checking it out, just like she did with the Dursleys. Yeah, she's scoping out the place for the whole morning, mm-hmm. and, uh, even though it means she has to eat herself whole for breakfast. But <laughs> Say that all right. again. She has to eat what? A vole for breakfast. Okay, there you go. You actually, what I got, what we recorded, and I got was a vole. So that's why I had you say it again, so that we would actually have the right word. Ah, there you go. She hopes that none of her kids ever would see, you know, her students would ever see her do it. But she's mm-hmm. not above eating a rodent or two. Yes. And it says, even by cat standards, Minerva could fix quite a stare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's so, good at the stare down thing. The kids are doing chores and playing and watching television and nothing seems amiss. So she has lunch <laughs> and then... Goes up to the door in uniform. <coughs> well, she goes a few houses down so she can change unseen and then mm-hmm. comes back. And yeah. Mr. Granger is slightly relieved that she looks vaguely normal. Yes. Uh, even oh. though she's still wearing robes. But, but not uh, nearly as absurd as Albus Dumbledore anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Emma says, would you like some tea? And she says, yes, please. Milk, no sugar. Because she'd like to get the taste of rodent out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she doesn't need sugar because apparently cats have higher tolerance for sweet things or lower tolerance, whatever. Things yeah. taste sweeter. They, yeah, they so I think that would be lower sugar. tolerance. But yes. She apologizes straight up for her role in facilitating the mistreatment of Harry. She told Dumbledore that it was a bad family, but she listened to Dumbledore when he said, this is what's going to happen instead of fighting him on it. So 
she uh, mm-hmm. she wanted to get that out in the open. And then she talks to Harry and she says, so, I understand you've been living as a cat. And he says, yes, ma'am. And so she explains how difficult it is to become an animagus. Mm-hmm. And, and she asks him again to describe what happened when he first changed. Mm-hmm. And he does, because he's had to do that two or three times now, at least. Um, and she asks him to demonstrate, and Dan nods to him, so he turns into a kitten. Yeah. And she's surprised because she expected him to take several minutes kind of meditating on it before he could make the change. But And then she says, excuse me, but it'd be better if I held this conversation without species barriers. <laughs> Dan's like, does that mean you're gonna? And she turns into she a cat. She turns into a cat. And they sort of go, well, oh, because it's not quite what they're, even though they knew what to expect, it's still strange to see. Oh, um, yeah. It's not what they're used to. So she tries to adopt a friendly posture and starts saying things to him in cat language. He says verbally, cats don't necessarily speak to each other verbally much, but there's some uh, things you can do that way. Mm -hmm. And Harry's surprised to hear that because none of the other cats he's interacted with have ever really talked to him because they were mostly trying to get him out of there. But she's also using her cat senses to probe the Grangers a little bit more. And mm-hmm. everything that she's noticed before still spells out. She's, you know, they they seem to be exactly what they appear to be. And that's... Yeah, that's there's no... Nothing hidden, no duplicity. So... So she and, meows and... <laughs> roughly, that means, boy, kitten, follow, please. And so, yep. so they go another, they go off a little ways just so they have some room and start circling each other. And mm-hmm. Harry says, I don't understand what smells mean. And she says, smells are hard. It takes practice. Mm-hmm. And so he explains how his life was outside. And the, the words in the chapter are very quite simple and not, not complex expressions. Right. But it says a little bit later that it conveys more about the feelings and some of the details and stuff just through the body language and smells and other things as you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, explains that he ate what he could find and slept places that were warm. And he tried to find a human servant, but mm-hmm. found family instead. Yeah, well, that uh, works. The, the feline word for owner is human servant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it is. So... And well, when you're outside, watch for the loud rolling things. Those are dangerous. And mm-hmm. then she asks him to explain about his family. And, you know, they're very nice. And his girl littermate is very smart and likes human word papers, but they're friends. Yeah. And, uh, she also likes cats. That's a good thing. And then he wants, she wants to know about Albus. And he yes. says, old wizard hides a lot, thinks about many other things. But sorry he messed up and protects us from Bad Wizard. Gives look memories of old parents. And she says, if he does anything you don't like, you tell me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then she changes back and says, well, I'm glad to see Mr. Potter has found a welcoming family. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't change back. mm -hmm. He's been licking his paws. 
And then when Emma says his name, he changes.、Mm-hmm. And they say that's sort of what's been happening a lot. Once they, when they call for him, he'll change, but otherwise he'll stay as a cat. And he keeps waking up as a kitten most days. Although、yeah. there have been a few in a row that he hasn't. And she takes him to the bedroom and asks him to demonstrate how he sleeps. And apparently he's sleeping in a fairly feline posture on、yeah. his stomach. So that's so. why he wakes up like a cat. And so you have to sleep on your back. And he's like, I don't think I like that. But it's not comfortable that way. Which I understand. I mostly used to sleep on my stomach too. And I still usually start that way, even if I turn onto my side or my back before I actually fall asleep.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's comfortable. Yeah, I want、Everybody、to be on my side. It's comfortable different ways.、Mm-hmm. I want to be on my side, but my knees don't like that. So I end up on my stomach.、Mm-hmm. That's usually the best way. And. If I'm on my back, then I don't sleep as well and I tend to snore. So,、mm. And it I... doesn't help to put a knee pillow between your legs or something? Or? No, no. It, my knees don't. To be on your side, you have to have your knees kind of bent. That's what, how you stay on your side, right? And my knees don't like to、mm-hmm. be bent. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's、yeah. just easier to be on my stomach where they're straight. Yeah. But, and I kind of stick my feet over the end. Mm <laughs> hmm. I don't have that problem because my bed's long and I'm short. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have to, but I find it、uh, makes it more comfortable sleeping on my stomach if,、mm-hmm. if I have somewhere for my feet to go. So I kind of slide down the bed and do that. Except I can't really as much as I used to here because there's actually a footboard. Oh,、uh, yeah, that would be a problem. You could go out to the side. Mm hmm. I usually sort of end up kind of on one side or the other and with an angle towards my front or my back, but、mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Yeah. As long as I sleep, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how I feel. And, it's... and so she explains about that and says, you know, well, try, try to sleep on your back, but it's all right if it takes you a while to get used to.、Um, and she explains to Dan and Emma some of the. Things that his behaviors mean, like the, the slow blink and、mm-hmm. ducking of the head and stroking as a sign of affection and things like that. And、um, Hermione wants to know if she can teach her to be a cat.、Mm-hmm. And、yeah. Minerva says, Well, I'm afraid not because, for one thing, being an Anavagus is hard and it would take you probably a few years to learn. And there's no guarantee you would be a cat because it's、right. based on your personality. So,、mm-hmm. I might consider teaching you if you had a very good reason, but not before you're already a student at Hogwarts, because it's, it's too early to learn some of those things. And then they talk about it, all he's doing in school, and then she asks Harry if he's got anything. It says that, well, actually, Dan says Harry's the only little boy we know who doesn't have a sweet tooth. We don't eat a lot of sugar in this house, but he com- you know, claims that. What we eat tastes really sweet to him. And she says it's because cats can't taste sugar. Yeah. And, and apparently it's the same for her. <coughs> regular food is sweet enough to be dessert.、Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a preference for meat because cats are carnivorous.、Um, yeah. So you might have a few challenges teaching him a balanced diet. Yeah.、So. Oh, and they also, she tells them about the, the laws around. Being an animagus and how there's a, there's a fine if you're unregistered, but any other 
crimes that you may have committed well get uh, harsher treatment because you're an animagus. Right. So, so keep it a secret and we don't want because of his unusual circumstances, we don't want him anybody to know that he's an animagus, so mm-hmm. And she tells them that if they have questions, they can write to her through the Muggle Post, but it'll take a while. Mm-hmm. And she tells Hermione she's got to look after him and keep him out of trouble because she's the big sister. Mm-hmm. She leaves the meeting with a rare, if subtle, smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Apparently this was the year just after she's lost her husband, so she's... It's... Yeah, to a venomous tentacula. Mike's cousins are being mean. They are. Wait, On to Chapter 8 and December. It's Christmas! 1985. Mm-hmm. Grandma and Grandpa Granger are there. Yes, they have arrived in a car full of presents. And Harry's not too sure about granddaughter. this thing. I'm your only granddaughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they introduce... Well, now I've got a favorite grandson, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Dursleys aren't having a very happy Christmas season because Petunia and Vernon are in jail for 9 and 10 years, and... Dudley is with Aunt Marge, and she's basically got him mucking out dog stalls. <laughs> yeah, he's going through boot camp, and uh, it's all that Petunia's fault, obviously. obviously. It must have been her bad influence. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the Grangers are a little bit miffed because they're not allowed to tell Grandma and Grandpa about magic. Right. But, well, they could. There's sort of leeway there, but they don't have anything they could demonstrate either, except for the... Animagus thing, which they're supposed to really keep secret, so they're yeah. just kind of trying not to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And Harry is awakened on Christmas morning by his sister. Wake up, sleepyhead! It's Christmas, and Harry's like, "Yeah, big deal." But- At six forty-three a.m., which apparently is admirable restraint for Hermione, mm-hmm. seems slightly ridiculous to me. I'm pretty sure even when we were little, we did not get up quite that early. Uh. Or- yeah. Seven-ish, yeah, so not yeah, that far off, but... Yeah, we weren't allowed out of bed until seven. <laughs> that was the deal. Yeah. But, so... Well, what we did is we'd have... Our stockings were usually mm-hmm. on the doors of our room or in our room or something like that, so we'd get to open that stuff in bed, and ah. then we could get up later. But That's cool. Our stockings are always in front of the fireplace. Well, that's where ours got left, but when we woke up, they would have Magic- magically appeared in our magically rooms. Magically appeared, yes, that's oh. always exciting. Mm-hmm. And Harry's, you know, kind of excited because some of the, the presents under the tree actually had his name on it. You mm-hmm. know? That's new. And he, he you did. You can't get- say he's never gotten a present? Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Vernon gave him a sock. One sock. Mm-hmm. If he was a house elf, would be great, but he's not. So. <laughs> So he gets a a present from Father Christmas, and it's a truck, and he's really excited about it. And everybody thinks that's really neat that he's so excited about this, basically, mundane truck. And Dad takes a picture of him. And and Grandpa says, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. Nope, you can't. (laughs) And Hermione gets a book because, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. And then they all take turns opening presents and... And, uh, you know, they get different things. He gets a teddy bear from Grandma and Grandpa, which he thinks is really cool. Yeah. Most of the Father Christmas presents are just sort of small, little, fairly simple things. Mm-hmm. Hermione gets lots of books and a few toys, and he gets various different toys. But then when they start getting the ones that are labeled from somebody, there's more special stuff. Right. 
he gets a a large teddy bear, and it's got his name embroidered on it, so it's definitely his bear. Yeah. And, yeah. He thinks that's pretty cool. Yeah. And he gets the Sword in the Stone movie. Mm-hmm. Which is and Dumbledore's exciting. on the cover. It looks like Dumbledore. Yeah. That's why we got it. Mm-hmm. We'll have to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they give uh, Hermione the Chronicles of Narnia, which they think might keep her reading for a solid month, you know, yeah. if we're lucky. And there's a little moment in here when they bring up who's Dumbledore. Oh, he's the caseworker, mm-hmm. you know, long hair, beard, etc. Yeah. And Grandpa has a thought. He wonders if that explains a few things. Mm-hmm. And that could just be, oh, he's got a weird caseworker. There must have been something. Right. But I'm wondering if Grandpa actually knows about magic. He might. Yeah, that's true. And they're just not telling each other <laughs> about the stuff that they already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Harry gets a ball of yarn from Hermione. <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa are like, That's uh, just great. why? Yeah. And it's because Hermione says that he's been raised by cats. Yep. And, and so. Yes, they decide this is a, you know, family joke thing, but he's been mm-hmm. raised by cats, and Harry just likes to encourage her, so. Yeah. And Grandpa wants to know how he is at catching mice, and Harry just smiles and says, pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Hermione gets a little toy dog. Mm-hmm. It's a Scotty dog. And um, she makes starts barking at him. Bark at Harry. Ruff, ruff, ruff. And they just yeah. think that's really funny. And she doesn't manage to get Harry to hiss at it, which is what she was going for. But <laughs> Harry figures he's not too afraid of this dog. It's just kind of little. And anyway, he kind of likes black dogs. Yeah. So He doesn't know why, but he does. And the last thing he gets is if you give a mouse a cookie, which I love. That's a great book. And he's like, does it make it taste better? <laughs> and they all just, they just think break up laughing. Really funny. And he's like, what? I was, it's, it's an honest question. Mm-hmm. But and he, he knows the answer because sugar doesn't taste to cats, so it really wouldn't make them taste better. But, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And he gives Hermione a diary that has her name mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, it had diary in gold embossing so he's found some gold stickers to spell out her name with and mm-hmm. uh, put it under above that so that's kind of neat and then we grandparents go home and we've got a letter from dumbledore who says i believe that with your most recent questions it'd be a good idea if we talk via the flu so if you can be here on saturday at four we'll uh talk and now they don't scream when his head appears in the fireplace mm-hmm. and with some experience of this now yeah. Albus wants to know how the Christmas was. And Emma says, I'd like to say it was magical, but that could confuse things. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And they ask him about the sword and the stone. And they want to know, did Merlin really turn Arthur into a bunch of animals? And he says, um, no, actually, that was not. That was just made up by mm-hmm. Mr. T.H. White, which book I've also read, which is quite fun. Because mm-hmm. he, he remembers um, the... Muggleborns asking yeah. that question when the movie came out and 20 years earlier when the book came out. Mm-hmm. And did he discover Bermuda? Because <laughs> there's that whole yeah. scene where uh, Merlin goes to Bermuda. Yes. But, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. As far as, far as I'm aware, to... he didn't, but it's possible. <laughs> I'll have to ask. Now, Mr. Mm-hmm. and Mrs. Granger, you want to know about Harry's status in our world? And yeah, you said something they about They want to him. know what the Wizengamot and the Lords and all of that mm-hmm. means. And he says, well, it's more a ceremonial title. You don't go around calling people Lord Malfoy or whatever in the course of regular events, but 
when you're in the Wizengabot. That's the way people are referred to. Yeah. And he has a house or a seat in the Wizengabot. And they're like, oh, okay, so is it empty? And Dumbledore's like, no, I've assigned somebody to, to do that. You know, mm-hmm. one of his relatives. It's- I have cousins? Well, yep. they're not very good cousins. And who's my magical guardian? Wait a minute, what's that? Yeah, because Dumbledore can assign a proxy to the seat as his magical guardian, and he was assigned as magical guardian by the chief warlock of the Wizengamot, who happens to also be himself. Yeah, yeah. the the Grangers are starting to kind of go, um, Dumbledore has a lot of hats, and we don't think he deserves any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh... They want to know if so he and also Muggleborns have a magical guardian to deal with matters of the magical word world because Muggles can't you know keep up with that and so he's the guardian and and they're like so can we find a new guardian for him? Yeah, she writes that down on her list. Mm-hmm. And he tells him about Andromeda and that you know she's taking over his seat yeah she's a good woman but pretty much the only one from that branch of the family unfortunately mm-hmm. and um, he explains about the blacks a little bit because of course we don't know about Sirius at this point yeah i i love dan i think it's dan he says so you say you're effectively the lord chancellor this education secretary or basically close to that head of mi5 and there are other things that you don't we don't know about. Yeah, the Secretary <laughs> General of the UN. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, he says being the Supreme Mugwump doesn't have nearly as much clout as that because the International Confederation basically doesn't agree about anything except the statute of secrecy. <laughs> yeah. But. So, but you're pretty much the most politically powerful wizard in the world, and you run a school on the side. And- he says, "No, no, I run a school and I do a bunch of other things on the side." Mm-hmm. So. And they're sort of going, that still doesn't really quite work. Cause the, mm-hmm. yeah. So they're they're plotting to maybe ask Andy about it when they get to meet her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they want to meet Madame Tonks. And Dumbledore says, okay, well, let's wait till summer when things are less busy. Yeah, okay, well, we're good at that. So, And, you know, even if we don't want to find out about the seat and stuff... She is Harry's only good magical family, so he ought to get to know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And so they managed to um, convince him that's a good idea. So mm-hmm. he kind of tries to avoid it for a while. but And then he's sort of back at Hogwarts just wondering what happened, basically. <laughs> yeah. He had all these plans, and it's just uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> Yeah. Somehow, it seems like a conversation with Aberforth would be a less stressful today. So he's mm-hmm. going to head down to the Hogshead, which, mm-hmm. yeah. And so Emma and Dan decide that they're going to have a talk. And Hermione's like, "They always do this when something's wrong. I'm going to check it out." And she tries to tiptoe, but her mother hears her, and so she goes back and she says, "You do it as a cat." <laughs> and so, it works for a while, but they eventually spot his little triangular ear mm-hmm. under the door. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they're gonna they want to find out what's going on with Dumbledore. He's he's got mm-hmm. way too much power, and things. And aren't- Dan kind of figures out. He comes up with this analogy about why the Wizarding World works the way it does, and it's 
it's like it's a it's small town mm-hmm. on a giant scale. Yes, yeah. everybody knows everybody else, and all the people who have major positions on one thing are going to be on the town council and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that sort of stuff. That's why the Wizengalot members are also running other th- parts of the world, basically, because that's what they do most of the time. Mm-hmm. So they're going to wait and talk to Andy or McGonagall and try to figure something out. So we move off to January, and they've found themselves a dojo for karate classes. Mm-hmm. They found uh, one that sounds really good, so they're taking the kids for their first karate lesson. Mm-hmm. And they get to meet Sensei John. Mm-hmm. He tells them that, you know, they need to be, they need to have courtesy courtesy and respect and that means that when he teaches you karate you can't use karate to punch your your mom or your dad or your brother and stuff like that because that's not nice okay yeah so you only use it to stop people from hurting you and it seems like he's a good teacher he makes everything fun and Mm -hmm. gives them help to learn things correctly and they you know, the littler kids are still pretty uncoordinated, but they do learn some stuff. And Hermione is really good about speaking out crisply when they're supposed <laughs> to answer the instructors. And Harry's kind of starting to pick that up. Yeah. So, and the highlight is this little mini obstacle course that they do at the end because it's teaching them agility and speed. So they think uh, that's really fun. And they actually have some fun with it, which Hermione wasn't really expecting because she doesn't usually like doing physical mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But there you go. And at the so end I kind of the- wonder if uh, this Hermione might be more interested in Quidditch than canon Hermione, or at least less dismissive anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember now. And at the end of the class, they all get a white belt. And then we skip a few months, and we're in March of mm-hmm. 1986. And, and we have a little... Callback. Yeah, rose-colored mirror of things from book one. Then mm-hmm. uh, asks Hermione to get the mail, and she says, make Harry get it. And he says, make Hermione get it. And Dan says, well, Hermione's still eating. You're closer to the end of your food. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he goes and gets the mail and brings it in, and Dan picks up a letter real fast and opens it and says, Emma, come here! And it's the adoption papers. The adoption came through. Harry James Potter is hereby recognized as the son of Daniel Mark Granger and Emma Julia Granger. So they've decided to not worry about changing his last name in one world and not in the other one. Yeah. So, and that say, is where you're... everything winds up. Yeah. Harry finally has an official real family. Yes, he does. And it's a pretty good family. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, Dumbledore, he, he's bitten off a little more than he can chew with this family, I think. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're, I think it'll keep going along the line here, but he's, you know, they're very inquisitive. We know where Hermione gets it now and they got lots of questions and they're not going to just stand around and let things go. They're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to change things the way they want. I'm them. picturing both of them coming to Hogwarts with a little notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That. And he's, you know, he, he can see which traits of James and Lily's these people are going to bring out in Harry. And he's like, yes, these are, you know, all good things generally, but it's going to make it a little harder to work around him. Yeah. 
that's it. So. But I like it. I I really enjoyed the story the first time I read it. I think it's really neat that he was able to do this. And, you know, one of the things that we didn't touch on was that Minerva, when she first talked to him in cat form, was like, okay, you know, if he had apparated accidentally, I wouldn't have thought it a big deal. People, children do accidental magic that's really big all the time. It's just that we've never seen anybody turn themselves into an animal before. So it's not really as odd as it sounds. So... You know, I guess mm-hmm. it's okay. And I just love this, that he is a cat and he can, you know, he's going to be able to do all these funky things with this. I like that they're learning karate. I know that we've read lots of fix before. I don't know that I've ever read any where they've actually learned karate or maybe one. But we've, you know, the, the fix where they go out and exercise and, you know, run around the lake and stuff like that. So that's not necessarily mm-hmm. new. But... um I like this. I like that he's got this family that Hermione's going to be a sister and yeah. it's a lot of fun. It is. It's 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 good. So and I look forward to what's happening next time. I haven't read ahead this time, so I don't know yes. where I'm at. I guess this this is not a story for um staunch Harry Hermione shippers because he literally is um her brother in this one. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a fun story, and it's just these relatively little changes are going to, you know, snowball and mm-hmm. make things turn out differently. And I remember really enjoying it when I read it the first time. I think I read up to about, it might have even been the second last chapter. Mm-hmm. I might have, I don't think I finished it when it was, when I was reading it first. I don't think he'd finished it yet. Right. I might have once it came up. I'm not sure. I know I... It's kind of around the same time I was reading this and the Arithmancer as they were going. And then I just got off and was doing other things with Mm -hmm. stuff that was coming on the podcast. So it'll be fun to go through to the end and see where everything is. And I'll have to try and remember where I was in the Arithmancer too, because that's another fun one. Well, and I was going to say this is the beginning and I forgot. So I'm going to put it in here and that we are only doing through chapters 41 but as of this recording, the fic goes up to chapter 75, and I believe he's in third year right now. So we're only going to go through first year of mm-hmm. this story. But our listeners can certainly read on, if especially if you get hooked like Scarlet did. She informed me that it was like crack. She couldn't put it <laughs> down, and so she had read all 75 chapters and pretty quick order uh i have not read past 41 so i'm looking forward to reading it but i was going to wait until we you know caught up until we got there before i read ahead again because i didn't want to get too mixed up but i uh yeah i really liked it and seems like other people are liking it i know um i have the the intro that trisha and i did on tuesday and I said, so what do you think, Trisha? And she said, well, I am surprisingly really liking it. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's always good because I tend to be the one that picks a lot of these stories. And <clears throat> I never know if I've done a <laughs> good job or not until I get the rest of you to read it. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know yeah, that I, I did all right with this one. Yeah, this is a good one. 
Most of your picks I enjoy as well, so it works mm-hmm. out. It works out for me. I think we have similar taste in stories. Yeah, I think so too. I've been enjoying this story, and I'm glad we. I'm glad we're covering it because I enjoyed it when I started reading mm-hmm. it, and I will. I'm sure I will enjoy catching up to it again. I can't remember how far I had gotten before. I think I did go through year one, but I'm not certain about that because I can't remember when it was that I stopped reading these. I see that he's just updated on the 21st with the latest one that's in year three or four or wherever it is now. So it's an ongoing series of stories and it seems like a lot of fun so far. Yeah. Um, As Scarlett said and I think Trisha may have mentioned at some point, it does eventually get into the rehashing a little bit of what Mm -hmm. things are doing. But um, you kind of have to do that. Yeah. And I think there's enough. From what I've seen in this, there's going to be enough things that change that it should uh, be interesting to get there. But I guess we'll have to see. So um, come back and listen to us next week, and uh, we'll go through chapters 9 through however many we're doing that time. There you go. (laughs) 16-ish or so. Something like that. Yep. We hope you're enjoying it. mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And for now, we will say good night. Good night. Or good afternoon or good morning or, you know, whenever you're listening. Bye. (laughs) Bye. So hold on to the wonder that those books Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.